Hi, welcome to the Lakeland Emergency Medicine Podcast. I'm Jesse Keller, and today I've got with me Bobby Nidza. Bobby, thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to talk a little bit about a few cases and then kind of learning from these cases. And so we've entitled this one, Learning from the Near Miss. And uh, Bobby, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm a former resident of Lakeland. I did my four years here, and uh, apparently... They thought well enough of me to keep me keep me around for a little bit, so uh, I'm honored by that and, and happy to to work here and uh, help teach our residents. All right, so let's let's dive into your first case you have for us today. So our first case, this is a 57 year old gentleman. He came in for chest pain, and we see you know hundreds of chest pain cases a day, so you kind of get numbed by the complaint of chest pain. Um, but this is a 57-year-old guy who was working on his vehicle just prior to arrival. He had the onset of chest pain. The resident goes in the room. The patient's vitals, he's mildly tachycardic, maybe 105. Systolic pressures, you know, 160s, 170s in the great scheme of things in the emergency department. Not a super high blood pressure. So he comes out and the guy is otherwise relatively healthy. Um, he doesn't have many comorbidities. And uh, the presentation was essentially... Yeah, I have this 57-year-old guy. He's got chest pain. We're going to do the, you know, cardiac rule-out. He's going to get his initial, and then we're going to send him back to our chest pain unit to see the cardiologist. And, and, you know, more often than not, that ends up being the case. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, So that's not an unreasonable thing to think. But then the resident says, and he's he's in there complaining of, you know, his, his, like, right leg's hurting him. He's got some, like, numbness in his right leg. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. But anyway, that's my plan. So I say, okay. And, uh, you know, I go in directly to see the patient. And the man is sitting in his bed, and he looks uncomfortable. And if you were to kind of just see a video of this guy and not see his chief complaint, you'd be thinking, man, this guy is a kidney stone. He just has that inability to get comfortable. And he's kind of wriggling around the bed. And his biggest complaint is not really his chest pain. It's his leg pain. And he's diaphoretic and... You know, diaphoresis is bad. <laughs> yes, it is. It's bad. You see, you see someone sweating, something's going on. It may not be something serious, but something's going on. So in my mind, there's only really two things that connect the dots of a chest and a leg, and, you know, that's an aorta. Um, and I've seen maybe four true dissections in, in my almost seven years now, and they all looked like dissections. It wasn't a oh, here's a patient with chest pain. It's not my differential because the patient has chest pain. It's, they, they looked, they didn't look good. Yeah, they look sick. They really do. You're um, fortunate. I've had a few subtle ones. <clears throat> Those are the ones that kind of scare you. So what, what do you think happened though to this resident? What, what, what do you think he did wrong? Or what, what, what do you think we can learn from this one? I think what happens is, you know, one, we as docs and residents, we get busy. Um, you know, we think of the number of patients that are checking in at the front door. Uh, we think of the number of patients we have. I know when I'm in seeing a patient, often when I'm listening to the patient's history and their complaints and what they're telling me, half the time I'm thinking about four other patients that I have, you know, have a current workup going on. Um, so we get busy. And before we walk in a room, we see a complaint and we have a usual track. Yeah. And, and we go in there and we expect most of these patients to meet that usual track because that's what we normally do. 
Yeah. And, and that's what most often happens. So it's almost like, you know, you get into so, so much pattern recognition. You walk in the room, it's chest pain. Oh, great. I know the dispo for chest pain. That's omnipotent. And then your mind shuts down. You, 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 you lock into your initial thought. And then the patient adds a few complaints at the end that don't make a whole lot of sense. And, and to be honest, that can sometimes happen. Patients can add a bunch of symptoms that are not related. But the trick is, is kind of putting it, it together. Um, you know, there's always kind of the axiom of chest pain plus one one chest pain and something. And, and you're right. I mean, patients often have a lot of random complaints that they say, oh, and by the way, and it has nothing to do with their chief complaint. <laughs> and that aggravates all of us. And, and it distracts all of us. And we try to filter out that noise. And I, and I think the resident in this case was trying to filter out that noise. He had his preconceived notion of what was going to happen. And then the patient threw in a, oh, and by the way. And he thought, yeah, you know what? This is something different. This guy has chest pain. Um, so, you know, chest pain plus one, you know, always remember that. And it, it is really important and it's true. Um, chest pain plus one, after you filter out the noise and you've, you know, kind of gotten down to this plus one being something important and possibly connected, it is potentially bad. Um, yeah. And you need to think about it. And, you know, always ask about chest pain, back pain, belly pain. Right. And uh, in the last two dissections I've had, both had a complaint of chest pain. But when I got into the room, they were both complaining of leg pain because they dissected all the way down. Yeah, it's like the it, it's the neurologic deficit that really increases your likelihood of it's it's not the migrating or the ripping pain that really increases the likelihood ratio. It's the neuro deficit. So sometimes people have chronic neuro deficits. It's just important to kind of you know if they're complaining of some new numbness or um, you know weakness, um, ask them. You know, get the it's all in the history uh, when things start to kind of correlate together. But patients don't really even associate the two together sometimes themselves. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Awesome, awesome. All right, so. Let's dive into the second case. Yeah, this is a, re- a patient in her 50s. She came in by ambulance for a complaint of back pain. She had stable vitals. Uh, the resident went to see the patient and came back to me and said, we have a patient with back pain. She had an MRI yesterday, and she you know, meets all the criteria for you know, negative red flags. Um, she's had pain medication by the ambulance, and she feels better, and I think we don't need to do anything else, and I'm going to get her moving. Wow, sounds like a great presentation. Yes. The patient I said, had their MRI. I love it. She had the definitive study that's going to tell us the badness, if okay. it's there or not. So I said, great, that, that sounds amazing. We both looked at the MRI, and the MRI looked pretty good. Didn't really see much wrong with it. So I went in to see the patient, essentially, to kind of give her the high five and tell her we're going to get her moving. Um, but then, essentially, what happened was she relayed to me that she had a significant change in her lifestyle over the past month and a half, essentially from almost no pain to debilitating back pain at home. And, and that kind of you know shot a flare up for me. That matched with essentially what I interpreted as a negative MRI. The MRI had not been read by the radiologist yet, but it looked pretty good. Told me that, hey, you know what, maybe we're kind of missing, missing the point here, um, that something else is wrong. And you were telling me how the patient arrived? Yeah, she came in by EMS, and, and you know I did a little chart biopsy on the patient while the resident was in the room, which you know we have the benefit of doing. We have the extra few minutes to do that, and this isn't a patient who comes to the ER very often, if ever. So she's not that frequent flyer that you'd expect to see her all the time, particularly by ambulance. Um, so that that's that's an outlier as well. So in in going through the case with the patient, you know I explained that I didn't see much in her MRI. Um, her exam looked okay, her pain's okay now, but that just doesn't add up. Um, you know, two months of debilitating back pain when, back pain when previously she was normal. Um, so I asked her, if, with her permission, if we could just dig a little deeper. And I didn't have 
much else going other than my gut to guide me on this one, but I asked the patient if she would mind if we did a CAT scan of her belly, um, which she agreed to um, because she realized that we can get the workup done there today, and she thought that was great. Um, so we did that, and uh, the patient ended up having pancreatic cancer with metastasis to her lung, liver, bone, lymph nodes, pretty much everywhere, which she had no idea about. Uh, so pretty, pretty devastating finding for the patients, but um, something that I'm glad we dug a little deeper into. Yeah, I can see how, you know, you, you get the history, the chief complaint, patient walks in with back pain, you got a patient with their MRI, no red flags, just go home. And that's kind of, we can get into these kind of short circuit things where you went in, took more of a, of a, a full history and physical, got into a lot more other symptoms that popped up, and then you went for a broader test. Um, so um, that, that's hard to do. Yeah, especially when you have a slam dunk case. The patient had the MRI. I mean, you know, we're done. Her pain's okay. Yeah. Off she goes. But yeah, there were some outliers there that just didn't didn't quite add up. And no, no, no red flags are good, but they're not the end all be all. Exactly. They're, they're, they're real specific for looking for a few diagnoses. We have, you know, as ear docs, we got to look for a little bit more. Absolutely. And and you know, we kind of already highlighted the specific points on this, but this patient had a acute change which significantly altered her life and is now causing her to be a patient who comes in by ambulance who never comes to the ER. Um, that says something. That speaks pretty loudly, I think. Yeah, well, how would you summarize you know, kind of what we talked about today just to kind of get some tricks of the trade and, and a little bit of what you've learned and kind of what you tell residents to try and help avoid these kind of cognitive mistakes we could make? One, there are some classic presentations of things. Um, take a minute to slow down and sit with your patient. Um, you know, plant your butt on that stool. Um, and that's, that's important to do. I know when we're moving fast and we have a lot of patients to see, we want to stand at the bedside, get our quick history, do our physical, and then run out the door. Patients like it when you sit down, and I think it also helps you not move as fast and pay a little more attention to when you sit down as well. So do that. Um, I think it's actually very important. And, and I've been purposely doing this myself, um, and I do find that I'm catching things that I would probably have otherwise missed. Um, with this back pain patient. I would like to think that if I were on my own, not staffing with a resident and overseeing them, that I would have caught it, but I don't know. Maybe I also would have been moving very fast. I like what you're saying though, because I think sometimes residents think the attendings have some magic or some, you know, they're just thinking, you know, how do they always find these things? Well, a lot of times all we're doing is just taking 10 seconds to think about the case because we're listening and we've kind of stopped ourselves to make sure it makes sense. So when you're practicing by yourself, how do you do that? It's almost like you almost have to present the case to yourself and make sure, hey, does this case make sense when I'm presenting it to myself? When you're, you know, because I work at a single, me and you both work at a shop where there are no residents there, and you do kind of have to force yourself from getting out of that kind of, you know, that taking that mental pause and making sure all the pieces fit together. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 a big point is that you know with the back pain case here, um, look look for things that don't make sense. If something's not making sense, that's probably because it's not what you're thinking it is. So, you know, really get a good history, and if the dots aren't connecting, maybe look a different direction or dig a little bit deeper. As residents, you're kind of on that front line, and if you take the, you know, saying of, you know, missing the forest for the trees, well, if you can imagine you're a resident on the front lines, and you're running through the forest, you're in the trees, you're next to the trees, and it's kind of hard to see a bigger picture. You know, we have the benefit as attendings of being able to sit back and look at the forest and say, okay, you ran into the forest, you see that you saw the trees up close, and you're telling me about it, and I get to sit back and think. Um, so there is a difference there, and that's why we kind of draw the difference between working in a single dock shop versus overseeing residents, because 
when you are in a single dock shot, you are that person running through the trees. Um, so you do have to take a step back and you sit have down. to, yeah, well, we have to, we, you know, we can anchor into what the resident told us too. And, and that can sometimes sway us. So we have to be careful too, that we don't just get overly biased by the residents' opinions and we kind of have to start fresh. So it is a challenge. So, well, thank you so much for being on the program. I appreciate it. These are really good cases. Thanks. Thanks for having me and I appreciate it. And I'm glad I could share some things that, you know, uh, might help someone else in the future. Absolutely. Come back. Thanks. All right. Thanks.